0: 846 now, science and technology time. Mark Zastro, science journalist. Thank you for joining us in our new spring season.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, the weather's certainly warmer, isn't it? You've just got to ignore the, the pollution we've had this That's week. That's right. <laughs> and it's actually been a, a big question for scientists to work out the exact causes of that pollution, because there are so many domestic pollutants that have been Weather-dependent, mm-hmm. whether they linger, whether they blow right. in whatever direction, and then of course there are external influences like China, but sometimes that's overplayed. But today we're not going to focus on that. In a few moments, we're going to talk about a video of the fatal Uber crash, revealing serious problems with self-driving technology. Uh, also, we're going to ask our gender stereotypes changing at last in the science world. Kid doodles may provide a clue find out more there as well but first china's space station will crash to earth this weekend but we still don't know where, which sounds a bit worrying, Mark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's right. We we have known that this was coming for a couple of years now, ever since uh, March 2016, when China's space agency announced that the station's control thru- control thrusters had actually stopped responding to any commands that they were sending from Earth. So at that point, the station was essentially out of their control, and it was inevitable that it would fall back to Earth, re-enter the atmosphere. And that's because every orbiting satellite experiences a little bit of drag from the atmosphere of course they are you know in space but the earth's atmosphere doesn't just suddenly end it's not like there's a physical barrier there
0: but we might have imagined that they might it in the other direction <laughs> way out into the sure atmosphere and the ether
1: right but unfortunately uh for them earth's gravity keeps pulling them down and uh so you know it experiences a tiny bit of drag from those air molecules that are up there and and then as it slows down, or I should say as it loses altitude, it gradually enters thicker and thicker air. So all space stations, like the International Space Station, experience this, and they have to fire their rockets every now and then to give them a little boost to get back up. But since Tiangong one the Chinese space station, can't do that, uh, at some point it's going to get low enough that the, you know the air will get thick enough that it'll just bring the spacecraft crashing to Earth very quickly. So it'll burn up in the atmosphere.
0: Now I I have to say I wouldn't know how to go about calculating this so I don't ask this next question because I think it's obvious but why is it so hard for those in the know to predict when this is going to happen?
1: Right. Well, scientists and space agencies have been tracking this station constantly and and thousands of other satellites out there. So, uh, you know, you might be forgiven for thinking that it, it would be easy to calculate, but uh, the exact time that it will reenter depends on a lot of things we can't know. It depends on the cross section of how this particular spacecraft is catching the air. Uh, it depends on the way the mass is distributed inside the module, because that determines how it might start tumbling when it starts to re-enter on its last few orbits. Uh, you know, it depends on a lot of these things, and because it goes around the Earth every 90 minutes, you know, if you're off by only 45 minutes, your predicted location is literally going to be on the on the other side of the world. So right now, the predicted zone that it could come down in is anywhere in the latitudes of 43 degrees north to 43 degrees south. South. So that includes basically the entire Korean Peninsula. Actually the northernmost point of North Korea is right around 43 degrees north. Uh, But it could be anywhere around the world south of that latitude, which is basically also south of Milwaukee or Monaco. And it could be anywhere that's north of Christchurch, New Zealand, which includes almost all of Australia, all of Africa, and over 90% of South America.
0: I guess the odds are that it will just drop into some open water or open space. How certain can we be that we're not at risk here in Seoul, for example?
1: <laughs> right. As you say, the odds are you know better than even that it will go into the ocean. Um, e- even if it does come down over land, the odds that it would actually strike you for instance are calculated to be about one in one trillion so uh there really is not much to worry about there there will probably be some in the the words of uh,
0: dumb and dumber though so you're saying i've got a chance
1: (laughs) (laughs) of uh a non-zero but again an incredibly incredibly small i mean i don't even even want to joke about. about
0: that but it's it's not inconceivable it's slightly concerning when we hear stories like that at least slightly concerning
1: Well, a piece of advice, if you do find a piece, if you happen to come across it, um, experts say uh, don't actually handle it because it might be toxic after coming through the atmosphere. That makes it even worse. Um, Also, you don't get to keep it because under the uh, the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, all pieces of the spacecraft remain the property of China.
0: Well, I won't be picking it up to put it in the post, (laughs) and I hope now that it comes absolutely nowhere near me. Mark, thank you for the advice. Turning now, though, to a topic we discussed last week, the Uber accident in Arizona, in which one of the company's experimental self-driving cars struck and and killed a pedestrian crossing the road. Authorities have now released a video of the accident, and it's uh, raising serious concerns about Uber's self-driving program.
1: That's right. The video released last Wednesday includes a dash cam of the moments, you know, just before the car struck this woman who was walking her bike across the road on the night of March 18th. Now, the footage itself is disturbing. It cuts out right before impact. Of course, it's disturbing to watch simply because of the nature of the accident. But it is also disturbing because it shows essentially a total failure of Uber's technology. Uh, contrary to initial reports, this woman did not just jump out in front of the car suddenly. Uh, she was walking across the road, which was multiple lanes wide, and had already been in the street for many seconds before she was struck by the car. And so uh, for an object of that size, you know, the car should have easily been able to detect her and swerve or slow down. Now, in the video, the, the pedestrian is not visible in the headlights of the car until right before the impact, but self-driving cars use LIDAR, they use radar, they use infrared cameras, all technologies that are capable of detecting this person in this situation. So experts are calling this a critical failure, either of the equipment or, more likely, a failure of the algorithms of the car to actually recognize and respond to the situation. Now, police also released footage from a camera facing the human driver who was behind the wheel at the time of the accident, who was supposed to take over in case there was a problem, and that is also raising concerns because this person was not looking at the road at the time of the accident. Uh, He was looking down, apparently, at a screen of some sort, and we don't know what that was. It could have been a screen that was actually installed in the car to monitor the car systems, Uh, but he was not looking at the road, and so he was not uh, prepared to immediately take over control which is the whole point of having a human backup driver in the car
0: terrible chain of events coming together to form that tragedy mark um what makes this even more disturbing though is that it seems it's not the first indication uber's program may not have been ready for prime time
1: that's right. There was a follow report, uh, follow-up report, follow report from the New York Times, actually, that revealed that Uber has been struggling with its self-driving technology. Its backup drivers have been forced to intervene and take control of cars once every 21 kilometers that it's driven. Uh, so by comparison, uh, Google's fleet of self-driving cars, now operated by the subsidiary Waymo, reported last year that its fleet of self-driving cars in California required intervention only once every 9,000 kilometers. So, you know, the Uber cars are essentially getting into problems at a rate 400 times higher than Google's. Now, the Times report also says that the program was under pressure to deliver an intervention-free test drive for Uber's CEO, who was supposed to visit next month, and to roll out a service for paid customers using self-driving cars by the end of this year. But given how far behind it is, you know, it's hard to see that happening now.
0: Certainly, this publicity has backfired in a huge way. Finally, though, we can get some good news. A new study from the U.S. shows gendered stereotypes may be changing. Uh, we're looking at the doodles of children to draw this That's conclusion. That's
1: right. It's a it's a uh, 50 years of studies called "Draw a Scientist" studies, which, uh, as the name suggests, asks children to draw a doodle of what they think a scientist looks like. And so a group of psychology researchers have looked at these studies over the years uh, which include a uh, a total of about 20,000 US children. And encouragingly, they show that children's perceptions of scientists have in fact become more gender diverse. So in the 1960s and 70s, 99.4% of the children drew a male scientist when just prompted to draw any scientist. Now about one in three draw a female scientist. So that's arguably uh, a sign of progress. One of the things though, that the study found that still shows how far we have to go is that even today, as girls get older, they become less likely to draw scientists as women. So unfortunately, the stereotype is still there. And as they get older, apparently they become more exposed to it uh but still uh it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and
0: this is a study from the US presumably there would be variation. That's right. Both positive see, and negative variation.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see similar studies around the world. I I have a
0: feeling that uh, it would be fairly male biased here in Korea still. Probably, based p-ra- on other indicators that we have. But uh, I think having prominent TV scientists being women and and uh, other obviously prominent female academics uh, certainly helps address these stereotypes thank you very much Mark Zastrow for coming in today